Should I have Facebook up too if there's any? Hi, Merch Money. <laughs> the internet was perfect. And then I hit go live and it like went down to saying you have a poor connection. So I apologize, guys. <laughs> it was perfect a minute ago. But anyway, we are live with Cameron Scott. And uh, Cameron, for anyone who doesn't know, is fantastic with Amazon ads. And I have seen his posts over the years, um, but somehow we never really connected. And then someone asked a question in the group about Amazon ads and, and Cameron was so nice to step in and um, comment. And I'm like, what happened to getting you on the show? So, <laughs> so thank yeah, yeah. you, it's long overdue. Yeah, it is, happy to be here. Thanks for having me on, uh, excited for questions that are coming and yeah we'll see where this go we didn't really plan out too much so yeah yep. how do you want to start this thing P P yeah people always ask me uh, what questions I'll ask and and I'm like we'll just go with the flow once the show starts so anyway we'll start with just how you got into print on demand to begin with um, and I know you used to work at fan print right yeah, yeah. So I was at Fanprint most of uh, last year. I left at the end of last year. Just uh, it was time to start pursuing my own thing, and um, which we'll talk about more with my other startup, Merchjar, which is Amazon advertising focused as well. But um, <laughs> print on demand. I started in two thousand early two thousand eighteen around February. Um, I was kind of in between. I, I'm one of those people. I've been a lifelong entrepreneur. I've always had some kind of side project or something I, I've worked on since I was, you know, small. Um, and I was kind of in between projects and just figuring out what I wanted to do next. I was doing a lot with Facebook ads at the time, a lot of with the um, video marketing. Um, and I was kind of just playing around with like some shop, small Shopify stores and some Facebook ads. And I ended up applying to merch. I don't even remember how it cross my it might have been like one of rj's videos or something that come, came up in nice. youtube i have no idea um and i just kind of took a flyer on applying and didn't really think much of it but i got an approval the next week and um still didn't really do much with it until my um, um then girlfriend at the time now wife she came she works at a school district and she came home um, she had a shirt that's had some kind of like motivational saying on it that a lot of you know teachers uh, wear, and she was talking about how um, they didn't. This company that you, they could go and buy these shirts at wasn't making them anymore. So I was like, well, I can put one up on Amazon. I just put at minimum price and whatever. And she went to work, and we sold like thirty in a week of this. And nice. from there. Um, I don't remember if you remember like back when they were tearing people up with not that many sales, but they teared me up to, uh, I was like tier 500 within a few weeks, I believe. Um, and it just kind of took off from there. So the next month after that happened, I think I hit somewhere around like $600 in royalties, um, between that shirt and, um, some other ones I had posted and I'm like, Oh, okay. This is like legit. <laughs> this is like a real thing I should pay attention to. And I guess from there it's it's been kind of history um started outsourcing early on and just cranking out designs and um still here today doing that so amazing i love that it's so fun to see like how everybody finds merch it's so many different stories but um being a lifelong entrepreneur is a good start like this is um it, it, it's kind of like everything that you've learned from previous entrepreneurial journeys kind of goes with this, yeah, right? Like learning how yeah. to outsource, learning how to do ads, all that. 
Yeah, absolutely. Especially, I guess uh, there's so many, di what I love about merch too, is just how many different approaches there are to it. I mean, you can mm -hmm. um, almost treat it like a hobby and just do all your own designs and descriptions and do everything yourself. Um, and then there's the other side where you can kind of treat it more of an investment in a business and um, start outsourcing everything. And that's what I did early on because it's I'm not a designer by any means. Um, I could put like text on a t-shirt in Photoshop, but that's about it. So I had to outsource that stuff early on um, because it, I mean, with any kind of design and it was easily to see very early on just how important good design is. Um, so that you kind of get that, I don't almost an unfair advantage if you do have good design um, compared to somebody that doesn't and not mm -hmm. to say that you have to have the most amazing designs to be successful because I mean my best sellers are just simply text with some distressing effects that you know yeah. anybody could learn how to do with a few you know Photoshop YouTube <laughs> videos so um, yeah awesome what um We'll, we'll go into ads because that's the main thing that I want to learn and I'm sure everybody else wants to learn. But before that, um, I guess just how did, how did you get into ads to begin with? Like, how did you get into Facebook ads, all of Gosh. that, like marketing? Um, it's been probably five or six years now that um, I've been kind of in the e-commerce sort of space. Mm -hmm. um, I was doing Facebook. I, I started learning Facebook ads with a startup. Um, it was a software startup it, a while back that was in. A, we were building a website builder, which uh, uh -huh. I wouldn't do these days, but back then it still seemed like a, a good idea. <laughs> um, but doing Facebook, running Facebook ads for um, that company is kind of where I got in on that. And then from there, um, after that, um, ran out of money and kind of went, you know, parted ways and doing other things. Uh, did a lot of consulting um, for some. Um, various e-commerce companies um one major one was a beauty brand just selling different beauty type products um with some larger facebook budgets um trying to think then at, i mean from so, there aver amazon advertising was kind of a natural um i was just gonna say so how how does it compare like since you know both now um do you feel like amazon ads are easier or is it all uh, yeah sort of actually thing? yeah I, I would say so Facebook ads and Google as well is is just a lot more mature than what the Amazon platform is. I will say the Amazon platform has grown, uh, gotten a lot better very quickly. There's a lot more um, quality of life features that didn't necessarily exist when I got started, which was probably, I think I started running my first ads November 2018. So that first year in March when they were complaining about not having access to ads. So I'm glad I did that. Um, but yeah, it's I would say Facebook's a lot more complicated because one of the great things with Amazon ads is you pretty much they're for one their automatic targeting campaigns work great like Amazon has tons of data that they mm -hmm. have they know when someone's more likely to convert based on their search history and all the other data and products they've yeah. clicked on that we don't have access to and the same thing with Facebook too right they have God knows how much data about every single person but with Amazon ads uh, for the most the sponsored ad type we're going to talk about or the ad type we're going to talk about sponsored product ads you don't need any creatives you're not creating images or uh you don't need any copy with it uh video you're not doing anything like that you're pretty much just launching it and the ads look just like a regular listing it's exactly what your listing does look like but has that little sponsored uh um, yeah. text on it other than that that's it so it's like from a 
creative side, it, it takes all that off. It's a huge time saver. You're not split testing different images or copy. Uh, so it's much easier to run. Uh, at that point, it's just really about analyzing the data that you, you get with the keywords and search terms and so forth and making decisions based on that. So it's, I would say it's, it's easier. Um, Perfect. And partly, again, that's just because of the maturity as well. Yeah. Um, I would, I would like say the same. Google ads. I would say the same thing because it's Facebook ads. There's so much you can do with it, but you, you have mm -hmm. to know more about what your target audience is and finding the right people. And anyway, but before we dive into particulars on Amazon, Amazon ads and tips for people to create Amazon ads. Let's sure. um, talk about why people would do an Amazon ad. Because sometimes people think, well, the design sells itself. Why would mm -hmm. I need to do an ad? Or um, it's too expensive to do an ad. I'm only making a few dollars on a sale anyway. I don't want to sure. spend money. So these are some of the things people uh tend to, some people, not everybody, of course, but some people have these stumbling blocks where they don't want to do an Amazon ad for mm -hmm. one of those reasons. So what would you say is a reason to do Amazon ads to begin with? Well, I'd say probably the most important concept, I guess, to understand about just how Amazon operates is um, the algorithm, the search algorithm and how they rank your products. And it's all based around sales. When you get an order, Amazon likes products that sell. That's how they make their money. Uh, so products that sell, they like better than products that don't. And when you sell more, they reward you by moving you up in the search rankings. And whether that sale comes from an organic order or a paid order, it doesn't really matter. Now, there's a caveat there. They did recently make some changes to the algorithm where paid orders aren't quite as um, effective as a, a organic order, but it's, it's not that big of a difference. So every time you yeah. get a paid order, that's a sale that helps you towards your ranking and it ends up being a snowball effect. So as you move up in the rankings, you get more traffic, more organic sales, which means more reviews, mm -hmm. uh, which means more sales and more rankings. So that's that snowball effect that you can climb those rankings on those specific search terms. Um, so when you understand that concept, um, in order to sell more, the best way to sell more on Amazon is to sell more. <laughs> it's kind of like one of those weird things, yeah. but and, and the only way you can have control over that is with advertising. That's that's the only control you really have. Uh, and, and not just specifically Amazon advertising, you could theoretically do like Facebook ads, some kind of outside traffic and send them to your page. It would have a similar effect. Uh, those don't seem to be as uh, cost effective or have that return on investment that Amazon ads have at this time. But that's really the core reason is, is growth. Um, to so that's a good point that you just brought up about that that was one of my questions but i almost forgot to ask you so i'm glad you said it yourself <laughs> um do you think that that amazon boosts it more though if you're driving outside traffic from somewhere else other than amazon mm, I, I don't know that i have enough data to say for sure there's there are some people that believe they do i think if you're driving orders from that outside traffic yeah that'll that'll affect your ranking for sure if it's not leading to orders i'm not, I'm not sure it have an effect at all but i okay. mean that's it really comes down to as, as simply as the more orders you get the higher your yeah. ranking is yeah um so and, and that's done on a search term basis too um if you're using um different search term tools like helium 10 jungle scout that can show you your where your product indexes on a search term versus other you're gonna have a different index uh ranking for every single search term so amazon does that uh on each one um and selling on one search term can lift uh you know it's kind of that rising tide it can lift the other search terms as well 
um, mm-hmm. but getting orders on that specific search term in order to rank for it, that's that's how you do do rank for it is just by getting orders for that. When someone types in that search term on Amazon, then they find your product and buy. Uh, and when you're getting more orders than your competitors on that same search term, you're going to, um, yeah, outrank them. So that's it's that's kind of that core reason why we run ads. There's more as well, uh, which we I can get into if you want me to keep. Yeah, going. yeah. Um, well, let's. Um, oh, more reasons to run it. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so that's that's like the core one, right? Like you want yeah. more sales. So in when uh, so the ranking is a big part. You get there's just way more traffic on that first, you know, position one, two, three than you know yes. down in the page, and it's exponential. It's not like the position one is just getting a little bit more traffic. They're getting maybe possibly. 10 times as much traffic as the next spot. People are uh, click on the top listing more often than not. Um, and that's probably more true for some categories than apparel. People do a little more uh, window shopping, I guess, in apparel. Conversion rates aren't as high as some other categories. Uh, but it still holds where there's just so much more traffic at the top that it's it's worth trying to rank towards those top positions. Uh, yeah. But as far as like other reasons, uh, so that's kind of that whole concept with sales velocity. Um, but mm-hmm. outside of that, um, it's real estate. That ad, when you're on an ad, you can appear on the, the search results page twice um, for the same product. You can be in that top search result or somewhere else on um, in the sponsored ranking. And then as your organic listing too. So you having that real estate means your competitor doesn't have that real estate. Uh, also serves as like a little bit of a social proof when a customer sees one product, they scroll a little bit down, then they see it again, it acts as almost like a social proof. It's like, oh, this must be, you know, I've seen it twice now. It's kind of that, I don't know, uh, my wife's a psychologist. There's probably a term for it. But, um, <laughs> that's a good point. I didn't think about it quite like that. Yeah, um, absolutely. So that, that's a couple more reasons as well. Um, and also if, you get more data because without the ads, like yeah. you don't know if people are clicking data. and not buying or if they're like, yeah. it, it helps you know, like if they're clicking and not buying, there's probably more issues. Like maybe it's the design or something else is wrong with it. Uh, mm-hmm. So it gives you more data. Yeah, it can definitely help you, um, I guess, analyze some of the things like, uh, same thing with like the design It's like maybe the thumbnail is not good. You're getting a lot of clicks, but people yes. aren't converting on that side. So like you can determine those sort sorts of things. Um, which isn't a good thing. You don't want that since you're paying. No, no. Um, yeah. So that's, yeah, those are, I would say the primary reasons, um, it it all comes down to selling more than your competitors. Yes. So let's start from the beginning with Amazon ads. What are, um, what are some of the basics? Like how do people get started? Um, do you think they should do an automatic or sponsored first? How about that? So um, sponsored product ads is the type of ad that pretty much everyone should start with. Um, They also have like sponsored brand, um, display ads, those sorts of things. I would say those are are geared towards bigger brands. Um, I haven't done a ton of experimenting with them, but once you get in these other ad types, now you're having to deal with creative. So you're creating, you're having to do the images, Mm -hmm. the copy, which for anybody that's new to PPC or pay-per-click advertising, I just, I don't think that's, probably the best way to start sponsored products. You pretty much just can launch a campaign, let Amazon do its thing. That's where you start. So that's the product type. When you go to create campaigns, it's going to be the sponsored product. Um, And I think everyone should start with automatic targeting ads. They work. I mean, some of my best performing campaigns uh, are automatic targeting ads still to this day, even for products I've been running for a couple of years. They work really well. Um, So that's where I would start. Um, 
And the other tip I would have is for most people, I would say have one ASIN uh, or one product in each campaign to start with. Um, it's you get a lot more control that way and your data isn't muddied when you start having multiple products. You can't tell which search term led to uh, which mm -hmm. uh, which product, I guess, gets attribution for that since they're group together at the ad group level that's a little more advanced and i mean if you're new to it you probably don't have to worry about it too much so um yeah one product or one asin per campaign is where i would start automatic targeting and then once you start collecting data and seeing what keywords are converting or not converting because it's it's really about collecting data and getting enough data so you can make a decision um, where you have the confidence of that decision as well it's not uh, you know, if you only get a couple clicks and oh, I'm not getting a sale, I just threw away money, you turn it off. Um, that's terrible because you just wasted money. You didn't get any actionable data out of that. Um, so that's kind of where you start. I just launch the ads, just get it, just get started, uh, mm -hmm. launch your campaigns. Um, as far as like product selection, what to start with, um, start with your products that have reviews, um, ideally four stars plus the more reviews, the better. Um, so that was a question I was going to ask. So do you wait until a product sells before you do an ad or do you do an ad immediately as soon as you upload a product? So I have enough products selling at this point that I'm only launching campaigns for products that are selling and typically have reviews. Um, I do make exceptions to that. There was one, there's one I'm trying to start to rank this kind of, it's in the birthday niche. So it's like super, super high competition. Yeah. Um, and I started running ads on that one because it started selling organically, you know, a couple times, you know, a day or, you know, a sale here. So I kind of noticed that didn't have any reviews yet. I started ads on that one, even though it didn't have reviews that I like because of the potential of the niche it's in, if it can rank, like there's just tons of traffic that you can rank for and sales you can get from it. Um, but yeah, typically it's something that's selling organically has reviews. That's kind of my two criteria. Um, however, I am starting to look at some ways to launch ads for products that haven't sold yet to, to test faster, to not have to worry about that organic, you know, um, you know, praying to Amazon that they show my, you know, t-shirt in the right spot, um, and get some sales. So that's another way. And there are people that have had success with that. I haven't implemented the, the, um, I guess processes for that at this point with how many, uh, we're up to over 115,000 listings at this point. So it's. Yeah, it just hasn't been. it's a lot of a lot of ASINs to go through. It's like we'll do it at some point. Just have uh, a lot going on, so it hasn't kind yeah. of hit my priority list yet. But um, and it, I just said part of this too is like I'm happy with where, the amount of spend I'm at now. That's kind of a there's a couple ways you can think of advertising um, or like with your account and managing your account, and you you kind of have your expansion activity. So when you're expanding the account, which generally comes with spending more money, and then you have your optimization activities, which is kind of shrinking your um, how much you're spending. You're kind of um, narrowing your advertising focus, so like negative keywords or lowering bids, so you're not getting as many impressions or targeting as many search terms, that sort of thing. Um, so that'd be an expansion activity. It's just, I'm not really, I, I, I'm kind of focusing on a couple different products at this point, but that's with, with advertising, there's so many different goals that you can have. So mm -hmm. everybody's accounts going to be different and needs are going to be different that it's, it's really more important that you kind of understand kind of the overall picture of Amazon, not just copy what I do. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I try to, I, 
which is kind of weird because there are, there are a lot of people that want to do that. It's like, well, what are you doing? I'll just do that. And it's like that. It's not really quite how it'll work. Um, so it's more about like giving best practices, that sort of thing. So that, you know, what's happening under the hood uh, is important yeah. for people to understand. I think with merch, there's just so many shirts that I think that is a good strategy to wait and make sure you have one that's at least selling. But for anyone that's coming from like the seller central world or um, private label or anything like that, they always recommend like doing an ad immediately, like teaching uh, like Amazon's algorithm, like mm -hmm. what your product is and just making sure you start off from day one having sales instead of like yeah. possibly going weeks without sales and waiting for organic. Mm -hmm. um, so you might hear different things from different people, but I think it's good with merch. Um, there's just so many products. Like you, some, well, that, you I think that's what it comes down to. Like someone that's in yeah. private label or selling FBA or whatever, they probably have a lot bigger investment in getting that product to Amazon. They could easily have five, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars just getting the inventory right. in. Where it makes sense that you built some kind of advertising budget to launch your product for something yeah. like that. With merch, I mean, if I already know what I'm paying per design because I mean, depending yeah. on what you're doing and scaling, I mean, it could be pennies a design um, that it doesn't necessarily make as much sense to have that advertising budget allocated to, to test it because it does. Uh, I mean, the more products that you're advertising for, the more data you have to collect to be able to make those decisions, at least with any confidence. If you're, um, you know, you have 10,000 products and you decide I'm going to do a campaign with all 10,000 products in it. It's, I mean, you're, you might see, get some data across, you know, you might get a hundred clicks on that, but if those hundred clicks are on 50 different products and you got two clicks on average on each one, it's like, what do you really have there? Um, so you, I mean, if, if you are going to advertise for those products, just make sure you're willing to spend the money to get that data. Otherwise that that's almost worse, honestly, than yeah. just testing one product and yeah. getting data, even if it doesn't turn out, at least you got something you can use. Um, cause data, uh, the things that don't work is just as important as the things that do work. Yeah. Yeah. You want to make sure you can spend the time and really do the ads right. So let's, let's go into that. So what, and guys, I, I see, um, some of you guys are asking questions. I'll get to it in just a minute, but I want to welcome everybody. Uh, Brad's watching, Karen's watching. Um, yeah, Karen is, uh, he gets asked a lot of questions about ads too. Um, yeah, he's doing pretty well. Maybe you should. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, come Tell on and turn his camera on. Let's jump on. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, oh, geez, that's right. Okay. So you pick a shirt you want to do an add on. What's mm -hmm. the first step? <laughs> like, do you do any initial What's... things or do you just hit like, Go, no, I keep pretty easy. Like, I mean, I'll, I kind of, if I'm launching a new campaign, let's just say I see a, a product like, Hey, this one's like starting to sell, you know, whatever's, Oh, it's got a review. Now I'm going to launch a campaign. Uh, I'll open the product, uh, page up, grab the ASIN and just jump over to the ad console and, and launch an automatic campaign. That's where I start. Every single product is with that automatic campaign. And I'll just let that do its thing. Um, once it gets sales, then you can do a lot more with it. You can start getting into manual um, campaigns, moving keywords from your automatic targeting to your manual targeting um, and so forth. But yeah, automatic campaign with every single one. Uh, now, if I was testing products, um, um, 
there was one, um, I'm actually going to put a case study out on this at some point once I get some time, but um, there was a trending design I was going for. I, I hardly ever do trends. I, I prefer um, evergreen stuff I can keep selling. And this was a trend that I thought might have some potential. I did some ads on it. Um, it was one of those that, you know, kind of news stories that hits and you, you got to be pretty fast yeah. on it. So I had my design team come up with, I don't know, 30, 40 designs or whatever. Those I just put all in one ad group in an automatic campaign because it was none of them were tested. Kind of let Amazon just figure out what product was going to sell because I didn't have any data at this point. I didn't know what people would buy. So with that, I let Amazon just kind of it's, you know, take those 30, 40 ASINs in that one ad or ad group and Amazon's just going to kind of rotate through those. Once they see what's getting clicks or, um, orders, especially they'll start, um, kind of going for just those ones that are getting data. They kind of forget about those, um, other products. They kind of start waiting what they're, what they're seeing. So that's kind of the negative when you do something like that, uh, especially if you do have a lot of products yeah. is once Amazon sees yeah. like what's kind of working, yeah. Thank you. Oh, there you are. You're back. Oh, okay. <laughs> it froze for a second. Uh, no worries. Um, so, uh, so let's use that as an example. You're doing a trend. You have 30 or 40 shirts. You sh you just throw them all up there and you mm -hmm. do ads on all of them. Do you turn them off as like you notice some of them are selling more than other ones? Like, do you just keep the ads going on the ones that are doing better or do you keep the ads yeah, on I've, all of them? I mean, if I had enough data to turn, turn one off, um, I don't know that. I, so what my process is there is I have them all in there. Once I see one getting an order, I'm taking that ASIN out and putting it into its own automatic campaign. I'm going to let, um, I want to be able to, I guess, try to optimize that specific product. Then I'll turn that product off. If I moved it into its own, turn it off from that original ad group with those 40 products. Oh, and see, okay. Let Amazon see, you know, maybe another one will sell. Um, so I, yeah, I try to, so I uh, missed that, what you said. So, so you start one campaign with all the 30 or 40 shirts. Yep. Okay. Yep. And that's and just then, for testing to see what's going to work. And as soon as a product sells, I want to get that out into its own campaign. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. So then whichever one's doing well from that group, you take it and start an yep. automatic. Yep. And then do you ever do manual or I do you do. just, okay. So yeah, when do you decide to do manual? Uh, first it needs to get data. I mean, if it's only getting one order, you know, w once a month or so you're probably not really getting enough that the manual yeah. campaigns are doing a whole lot of. Um, okay. so if, if something's getting a few orders, I'll, I'll spin up a manual campaign and start moving any search terms that sell. So th there's a ton of different ways you can structure a campaign. So I'd, I, I can give some examples. This, there's a lot of different ways. I just want yeah. to preface that. Um, and the balance between how you structure your campaigns usually comes down to the amount of control that you want within your campaign because there's different um, I'm trying to think how how far like in depth you want to go. There's certain campaign settings that apply to every single um, ad in that campaign. Uh, and then there's different settings at the ad group that only affect the ad group level. Um, so there's different considerations like that based on how you want to structure your campaigns. And you're balancing that with just how much time it takes to manage. Um, so you could go on the one extreme, you have all of your ad, all of your products in one campaign. You just have one campaign and you, you optimize that. That's easy to optimize because you just have one campaign. You're not bouncing around uh, a bunch of different places, uh, but you don't have a lot of control. Uh, if you do any placement adjustments, for example, that's done at the campaign level. So if you do uh, a placement adjustment for um, anyone not familiar is where you can say, 
um, tell Amazon is, okay, here's my bid. Let's say my bid's a dollar. You can tell Amazon that you'll increase your bid up to you up to 900% is what you can do, but that's pretty extreme. So we'll say a hundred percent. So instead of a dollar, you'll pay up to $2 for every click, but only on the top of search placement. So that first row of four sponsored ads. Um, so if you were to have everything in one campaign and you do that adjustment setting, every single ad now has that adjustment setting for that top of search where some might perform well at top of search and some might just be garbage, uh, even though they perform elsewhere and bring those other ones down. So that's kind of that control versus, um, what was it? It's control versus um, just how easy it is to manage versus the other extreme would be where you have one campaign for every single keyword on one product. So you might have one product that could have potentially hundreds of keywords um, and that would be again for more granular control of it, but that's really hard to manage when you have, you know, potentially yeah. have hundreds of products that you're advertising, then, you know, hundreds of key or different campaigns for each product. So we need to kind of like balance that somewhere in between. Yes. Um, and a good reason to do that. Part of it is just um, based on how much data you're getting. If you're, if you have a campaign that's again, only selling a few times a month, you're not getting hundreds of orders a month or, you know, spending tons on it. I, it doesn't really make sense to go to that extreme where you have one keyword per campaign. Um, so a structure I like that I do f with a lot of products is my automatic campaign. I have a manual testing campaign. So I'm going to move uh, search terms that sell from my automatic campaign to my manual testing campaign. And I'll do that as a broad match and an, an exact match. I've an ad group for each one of those. I just separate them out just, and that's more for organization purposes. Um, and then I'll have a third campaign. This is my performance campaign that I call it. And it's only going to have exact matches in it. Uh, and then when I ha have my uh, search terms get so many orders, let's call it five. And this is kind of where you kind of need to experiment and figure out what yeah. kind of feels right for you um, based on how much data you're getting. Cause you also don't want to, you know, move, hundred key search terms in because you know yeah a hundred different search terms that got an order into your exact match that's too many um keywords in one campaign for amazon to really efficiently spend um uh so then yeah i'll just move those uh search terms from that testing campaign to that performance campaign once they hit whatever my threshold is you know four or five orders something like that it's kind of search terms have been validated by best performing ones um in that performance one wow Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I, I just saw Emma said this is so complex. Um, guys, first I, I of all, I might have a visual if, if that helps. I don't know if I can. Yeah, you can definitely share your screen. I think somebody had asked that. Patty, I think. And I'm so yeah, sorry, guys. So many people in the chat. So Patty is saying great info. Um, let's see. Uh, Eric is asking you. And. <laughs> Hi, Eric was on uh, Clubhouse the other day. It's good to talk to you. Um, let's see, what does he start the PPC bid at for a new campaign? Okay, that's a good one. Um, so bids uh, with my new campaign, This a lot of this has to do with the, the products that you're selling. So like part of the, this is what I do. You're gonna need to figure out what works for your products and so forth. Uh, most recently with all my automatic campaigns, I've switched to 
um, a bidding strategy of up and down. So maybe we can explain that real quick. Um, yeah. So uh, Amazon has three different bidding strategies that you can use. Um, you have um, down only, up and down, and fixed. So what that means is um, when you select down only and you have a bid of $1, we'll use a $1 bid for each of these. You're telling Amazon is you'll bid up to a dollar, but no more than that. Um, and Amazon will, but your bid can go down. So if Amazon see is getting somebody and um, you know, the auction is you know seventy five cents, you'll pay seventy five cents um, for that click. Up and down, you're telling Amazon with a dollar bid is that you can go up to two dollars. They'll they'll adjust it by up to a hundred percent. Um, to get a click if Amazon thinks it'll convert to a sale. So this is kind of where Amazon's using all the data they have from all their customer purchases to say, hey, this person's more likely to convert. And <clears throat> if the auction was say a dollar fifty, you could actually win that auction now because you have that up and down. It'll actually increase it up to 100%. Yeah. In a fixed bid, your bid is always a dollar. It's always going to be a dollar. It's never going to change. Amazon's not going to lower it if they think it's a lower potential conversion. So those are the three yeah. different ones. Um, down only is probably the safest to use, especially if you're on a budget. Uh, yeah. I use that for all my manual campaigns. With automatic, I've switched to using um, up and down, and that's really more, um, I'm not as budget conscious with, um, new campaigns it's really for me about collecting as much data as fast as possible so that allows me to get more clicks faster to make decisions faster you don't need to do that you can start with a if again if you are budget conscious start with lower budgets for example and down only and that's kind of a safer way you can still get impressions you can still get clicks just maybe not as a uh, as fast of a rate but you're not as likely to spend as much per click. So on the other side where what I'm doing, it's a lot more aggressive um, yeah. and I'm likely going to spend a lot higher cost per clicks. But again, I get that data faster. So that's kind of the trade off as far as the dollar amounts you should start at. So those are the two options with automatic. You can do down only if you want to be more conservative up and down. If you can be aggressive and collect that data as fast as possible um, with up and down, I'll start usually my close and loose match. Um, so, okay, maybe I should um, touch on this. So for starting bids, you're going to have a default bid setting on both manual and automatic campaigns. Manual doesn't really matter so much since you're going to set a bid for each keyword, but with automatic, there's actually four different targeting groups that Amazon uses to determine who it shows your ads to, yes. uh, which are close match, loose match, substitutes, and complements. Close match are going to be, um, search terms, uh, that are, really close to what your product is. So pretty much like what you have in your title and description, uh, where a loose match is going to be more similar to like a broad match, um, keyword where it could be all kinds of things, uh, that has yeah. nothing to do with your product, uh, but can still <laughs> perform really well. Exactly. Uh, with all these different targeting groups can perform well. There's a reason um, they're all there. <laughs> Amazon right, exactly. is not going to put stuff that doesn't work. I have, um, tons of can I I've seen tons of campaigns where close matches, just does not perform well at all. And loose match is running at like a 10% A cost. It's crazy, uh, which you wouldn't think that would work. And then close match, I can't optimize to save my life. So real quick, uh, I know you're about to say something else, but real quick with the close match and the loose mm -hmm. match, do you have a theory of like what types of designs work well for close match and what no, work? 
You don't? For me, this is just a theory. I have no clue if it's true or not. But if I have like, um, I've tried it on pop sockets. I don't know if you ever do uh, ads for pop sockets, but I did for a while. And if they were just like simple designs, like I did, um, uh, it's basically like a pattern or like something that anyone could buy. Like it's it's like pretty much any kind of person could buy it. It's not like a specific, like, oh, this is for a mom or this is like, it's just general, like nice design. If I did loose match, those worked really well because basically Hmm. if it shows up anywhere, you never know who's going to click on it and buy it because it's like, it's not so specific. If yeah, they're like, oh, I do need a pop socket. <laughs> yeah, I guess I haven't done any like I haven't sat down and seen like all oh, these, you know, close match, these kind of designs. I don't know. I mean, my advice would be to test them all anyways, because you just don't like I've done. I've sold enough shirts that I couldn't even sit here and look at a design and say, hey, yeah, this one's going to sell and this one's not. Uh, yeah. I've been surprised too many times. The stuff you uh would think would never sell ends up selling uh and Mm -hmm. you know the design you had all your hopes in just doesn't do anything even running ads um yeah so yeah it's it my philosophy is just test everything and that's Mm -hmm. i mean that's kind of just the adage of any ppc uh anybody that's done ppc is probably has the same mantras you just have to test everything constantly so testing what works for you specifically so um, yeah, this is great. Like, Hey, uh, here's all the answers and do exactly this. And it just may not work for you. But again, it's more about kind of those, yeah. just understanding those concepts to give you a little more confidence in, in what you're so doing. So which one do you normally start with? So I think we kind of went through, you start yeah. with automatic, then yep. you start doing, um, manual, di- manual. Yep. Do you pick close match, loose match? What do you pick first? So, okay. So for the automatic campaigns, you're going to, uh, you're going to have close match, loose match, compliment substitute within that. If you go down to your bid, there's a drop down mm-hmm. um, for each of those. And you can set a bid specifically for each one. And this is important because each of those are going to perform differently. Oftentimes compliments and substitutes, which compliments don't get a ton, ton of impressions for me on merch products. Um, I think there's some, I don't know, something, something's up with those that they don't show impressions. Uh, those tend to have much lower bids and competition than loose match and close match. Um, but all four of the, I'll start with all four of those. I, I want to test all of them to see which one's going to work. I, I don't, I don't know on any new product. Um, only the data can tell me that. Um, so I'll start with all those loose match, close match. If I'm doing, um, up and down bids, I'll start 30, 35 cents maybe 15 to 20 cents on close and loose match. Uh, If I'm doing down only, I'll start a little bit higher, uh, usually around like 55 cents um, for most products. If I don't, I don't have any idea. If it's a product I'm really trying to push, uh, I'll I'll increase, I'll I'll go more of on suggested bids. Uh, Amazon tells you like, hey, here's what the bid is based on the competitors um, for this product, what they think you should do. I'll use that and increase, I'll go above the suggested bid by a few cents um, if I'm trying to be aggressive with it and I wanna get that data as fast as possible. Otherwise, yeah, you can start low. Um, You can start at five cents if you wanted to, if you wanna be conservative for two cents, it doesn't really matter. If you're not getting impressions, you just increase the bid a little bit, wait a little bit, see if you're getting impressions. If you're not, just increase the bids a little bit more until you kind of find that spot where you are getting impressions. Uh, that's a solid strategy if you're on a budget. You kind of just keep slowly working up till you start getting that um, those impressions and clicks and, and data at a lower rate than you would if you started a higher bid, but again, a slower rate as well. Yep. Yeah, I've definitely had some five cent ones work. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it, it, it happens. <laughs> uh, but you also maybe leave a lot of money on the table too. Is you know that same performance would work at you know twenty cents or whatever because you have you're now likely going to get a lot more impressions and um, especially with like automatic and broad targeting. A, a a broad keyword you're not just targeting you're targeting potentially hundreds or thousands of search terms with one keyword um so you do kind of need to collect a lot of data for those kind of broad matches as well more so than you would say like an exact match that's only going to have maybe a handful of search terms that you're targeting um is this so 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 many different things to think about with ads. Like, so I, I love that you do more than one campaign per product. I know that's the right way to do it. I never get myself to do that. Like once I do one, it's like, I'm on to the next thing. So I have and a couple most of my products have one campaign. So I, yeah. I don't do that for every single one. So um, let's talk about that. So the data it doesn't, it doesn't really what, give you to Two main questions. What uh, what criteria do you use to decide if you're going to do more than one campaign? And then also, how long do you do the campaigns? Is there ever a time that you decide, you know, the product's doing well enough, let's stop the campaign? No, or does it just uh, go on forever? Yeah, yeah, I never stop campaigns. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I won't even pause a keyword or a target. When I say target, I'm you can pr target product pages um and also like uh, the automatic campaigns i refer to as a target um so i won't even pause those if a target or a keyword has at least a couple orders i'll just lower the bids um as far as like deciding when to start additional campaign it really just based on the data if it's something selling enough to warrant an additional campaign um for for testing uh, i'll do it so if yeah if something even if it gets a couple orders I, it's it'd be maybe a good time to do it Okay. So you never stop ads. I think that's a mistake I do. I tend to stop them. Like my thought process was, you know, once it has reviews and once it has mm -hmm. some momentum, like it kind of just gets organic traffic at that point. Like in my mind, I was like, let me stop the ad. And then it's just all profit from here on out. But I think like learning from you and other people, I'm like, oh, that's not the right strategy. So for anyone who's made that mistake, like I have, what is the reason to keep the ads going forever? Well, ranking specifically, because you're, again, if you use a tool like Healing Intent or Jungle Scout that can show you your, your, how you're ranking on your search terms, um, it, it, it fluctuates constantly. Your um, competitors are, if they're running ads and now all of a sudden you're not, you, they're going to start getting those incremental sales that you're not. And then that sales velocity kind of comes into place. And just like it's a snowball effect on the way up the rankings, it's a snowball effect on the way down as well. So if you all, you were say position one for some key search term that was bringing in tons of traffic and then you stopped ads and those few orders were uh, kind of keeping you afloat at the top. There's enough orders to keep you above your competitor that you don't have. Now you're dropping in the ranking they're getting those sales that you weren't. So it can kind of lead to, um, I, I mean, a, that kind of reverse sales velocity uh, where you fall down the rankings. And it does depend on your product a little bit too. Um, my two best sellers are in kind of those broad uh, niches that apply to a ton of different search terms. They're indexing for 3,000 plus search terms. Um, 
those are extremely high competition that I mean, you you have to run ads to stay competitive. Um, okay. And I've had it where my ads have paused where uh, maybe I didn't pay the credit card bill on time and it, it I lost a couple of days. I didn't realize it or whatever. Uh, <laughs> you can it's it's very noticeable when the sales uh, or when ads stop because it just plummets. So I think that's like like with me, I tend to niche down more. I don't tend to do like the biggest, most competitive mm -hmm. things, which is another mistake. That's another mistake. Cause if you're in these um, shirts that everybody, there's a lot of competition. That's there's a lot of people buying and um, that's where yeah, you can really make a lot. Yeah. That's, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, with the success I've had in a couple of these have definitely steered me to uh, go after more of these high competition ones where I may not have, been as willing to in the past, but to do that, you do have to be willing to spend money. I mean, you're just, you're yeah. never going to overtake these, uh, powerhouse ASINs that have thousands of reviews with only organic sales. Um, yeah. maybe I mean, you're talking about like lottery winning type stuff. It's just yeah. not going to happen. Um, things cause I do, I, again, my whole portfolio, probably 99.9% .9 of my portfolio is evergreen products. And most of those I mean, sell, a handful of times, maybe a month, uh, which I think is pretty typical for most people's products. Yeah. And I still run ads on those as well. And at that point, maybe it's more about, um, I'm, I run break even most of the time on my advertising. That's kind of my target, uh, to just break even on ads and then let the organic come in off of that. Um, generally I've seen that for every paid order that you get, you're getting three to four organic orders. And that's been pretty consistent. So as my ad spend increases and paid orders increases, um, so does my organic at, at the same rate. Um, okay. So, and that, it has to do with kind of like lifting up in those rankings, you get that increased traffic from those higher rankings. Um, so yeah, if you're using tools, you can very much, you can track your search term, um, ranking over time, see the effect on that. You can compare that to your ad spend as well. I mean, that's, it's all very time consuming. That's, I, I don't do that for all my products. My, I have my yeah. two best sellers that make up probably 75% of my revenue. Those are the ones that I'm spending all that time on. Um, you know, it's kind of the 80, 20 where the rest of them, I'm going to kind of let it do its thing, run the automatic ads, get some incremental sales and reviews. Uh, and then maybe over time, some of those can kind of lift into these best sellers. But I know, you know, when I'm doing product research and I, you know, looking to develop some new products and I'm going for these high competition niches, I know these products I'm putting out, that's going to be a two year process until it's hitting. That's um, so glad you bring that up because that's a whole nother mindset to get into that. This is like long, long term mm -hmm. game that you're playing. Um, because I think most people just try ads for like a week <laughs> or however long, like, and then just either, say it's not profitable or give up or whatever. So how did you even think about how you're going to work on a shirt for two years? Well, I don't know that it was like, I'm going to work on this necessarily for two years. And the, the two I have existing that are making most of the money, those kind of, uh, I mean, I don't know that that was purposefully like I'm targeting these to be these huge sellers that kind of came up organically, I guess, if you will, I, obviously with paid ads, um, just over time, um, and you start had, to see of, which ones are getting yeah, the most. You have to get reviews. First of all, like if you're competing yeah. in any, you know, you want to show up on funny t-shirt or something, 
you're not going to do that with three reviews. You're going to need, from what I've seen, you need at least five, ideally closer to like 20 reviews. Well, it just keeps changing over Mm -hmm. the years. Like in the beginning, having any review, your shirt would do really well. And now it's getting to the point where you need like a 20 reviews or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Part of that too is just the, um, which I think was beneficial is when they moved to the rating structure, the rate of reviews just went way up um from what i noticed just having people not have to type something and i haven't seen what the rate is but i would guess it's almost double um which i think is good i mean for yeah uh, where my strategy is to get as many orders as possible the more orders you get the more reviews you get and that's when you can yeah. really start to push for those rankings um but again i'm, I'm doing that on, on the bestseller i'm not doing that across hundreds of products it's, it really is really time consuming to do that uh, if i just realized it's already 848. I can't okay. believe, like, I could talk to you for hours. Yeah, about we'll have to this. Do a like, I feel like we haven't even started and it's already, <laughs> I don't, I want to make sure you have a chance to, to talk about, um, like, whatever links I put. So I know you have a Facebook group about ads. Um, what else do you have? I don't even know all the stuff that you have. Uh, so the, yeah, the Facebook group about ads, Amazon ads university, I, I think you had a link in the group. Yeah. Uh, I think it should I, be a link in the Facebook or YouTube, whichever one you guys are watching. Huh? Yeah. That one's been going for a while. Um, there's a lot of great content in there. Uh, I started a new Facebook group called merch mechanics just so I can start talk about like merch and other stuff, um, without kind of keeping that one just specific to advertising. Um, okay. and then have a couple YouTube channels for each one as well oh you do okay so yeah. i know you have a youtube channel under your name cameron scott y- yep i don't and know if also- i linked that one guys yeah. definitely go check that out because he did this video on the shirt that we were kind of just briefly talking about where it was the two-year process um but that video is amazing like uh you you will see how worth it it is by the end um, oh, I appreciate that. It took a long time to put together. Yeah, because you're making like, what was it, like $48,000 or something? Uh, that one did last June did 44000 uh, In one month? Sold in one month, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was it was crazy, which we'll see what it does this year. I mean, there was a lot of factors, which I go into the video about it. So, yeah, it's I'm excited to see um, what it'll do this year. But I'm actually excited about my second best selling product is selling, I was selling that one by three times already at this point in the year. So I think I may have some new competition for it. So stay tuned. Just think about that. Like you get a few of those shirts going. It's like, oh my God, (laughs) talk about a snowball. Wow. Yeah, And that, that one, the one I did the video on, I don't think I mentioned in the video, but I actually almost turned off ads for it because it was pretty close to my threshold for turning them off. Um, and it, back then I was turning them off sooner than I am now. I'm kind of collecting more data, um, kind of part of partly because of that, but I was, but I thought you said you don't off. turn ads off. Well, th- this was one that wasn't selling, like turning off for, um, it, it like keywords and targets that aren't selling. So it wasn't okay. performing at that point. Um, so I'm glad I left it running cause it turned into this kind of monster. And I think that's, but, uh, I think it's good to point that like, it depends on how competitive the market is, or like what niche and what keywords you're focusing on. Cause maybe it wasn't 
I don't know. What do you think? Like, why do you think that it wasn't converting in the beginning and now it's converting so much? Well, part of it, I mean, a brand new product doesn't have any reviews. So that's going to be have a lower conversion rate just naturally. Yeah. I mean, people are trained to want reviews. Like, how many products do you buy on Amazon that don't have any reviews? I yeah. buy very little. I don't know that I would even trust that. So as yeah. it's kind of gained reviews over time, that's when it um, really the, the conversion rate increase. And when I first start, I think it had like the first review was like a two star. So it started <laughs> kind of in the hole. Um, yeah. so that's also another reason I may have been considering, uh, turning it off. Like sometimes you just can't really come back mm -hmm. from that. And at this point it, it just kind of grew over time to, you know, three and a half, then four star. And, um, it's settled in now. Like I've noticed about 4.7 is where they settle in a lot of the time once they hit, you know, a thousand plus reviews. So I, th I think that's why, I mean, just collecting reviews, that's, reviews, that's why it's wow. that two year process. It could be even longer too. And it's a still an ongoing process at this point. Now I'm trying to rank for some really high competitive, you know, kind of that funny t-shirt, you know, that brings in thousands and thousands of traffic. Um, cause if you can get to those top spots, I mean, the, the rewards are tremendous. For wow. Them. Amazing. Well, I can't, I can't believe I got to talk to you and learn all this stuff. This is so great. Um, yeah, well, let's do it again. This was fun. Yeah. And then, I mean, we don't have to stop right this second. It's not even, uh, I just don't want to be wasting your time. But no, this is um, fun. Uh, I don't know if we really talked about Merch Jar at all. I don't know um, anything about Merch Jar, guys. So I'm not an affiliate. I don't know anything about this. But we I don't just have any affiliates at this point. Learn along with everyone else. <laughs> so. so Merch jar. So I've been doing the Amazon advertising thing for some time. And um, some of the things I've talked about just here is just some of the frustration of how hard it is to manage your campaigns. Um, so that kind of got me looking to see what tools are out there because there's the Amazon API. There's a lot of tools out there and none of them are geared towards merch. So either um, the number of SKUs that we have potentially thousands versus like a seller central type seller that might only have a few dozen products. Um, they, they either didn't handle the vendor program, which was what merch is under for the advertising, yeah. uh, or it was just ridiculously expensive. Uh, it, it doesn't work with yeah. the merch margins, um, that are there. So, um, I decided to just build, our own. So we have uh, Merch Jar is a Amazon advertising autom automation and optimization software where it just makes it a heck of a lot easier to optimize all your campaigns. It automates moving. Uh, so how I use multiple campaigns for one product, it automates the whole moving of keyword process, which is probably the biggest time saver, um, as well as uh, negative keywords too. So anytime um, search terms aren't performing, it can automatically add those as negative. So you're not wasting a bunch of ad spend. Um, so it's a software tool, me and my co-founder, um, he's the, the tech guy kind of, he's created a brilliant app, um, just based on mine and all the other users feedback. And, um, it, we're actually really close to launch. We should be launching in the next couple of days. So really excited about it. It's been oh, uh, almost a two year product, uh, project so far, but it hasn't launched yet. Uh, we're in beta right now, so we have. Oh, uh, okay. So that's why I don't users. know. About so yeah, it's yeah, it's, it hasn't. We haven't. <laughs> I really thought it was just out of the loop. 
No, we we haven't heavily advertised or anything marketed, um, but we've been letting um, people in from the Amazon uh, Advertising University group that I run in. Um, that's kind of the group that's tied to Merch Jar. Mm-hmm. Um, we've kind of taken the approach to just do a lot of educational content to, to help people learn ads and uh, hopefully try out the software too. And um, we think it, it's it saves a ton of time. It kind of came from my own pain points and yeah. issues with um, – not just the Amazon ad console that they have, but just the other tools that exist. Um, I mean, that's where it came from. So we got a yeah. lot of users and feedback's been great. Uh, yeah, check it out right now. It's free to try. Um, it, and we're going to be launching here, like I said, in the next couple of days. So. Wow. That's really exciting. Well, I mean, this has been amazing. Is there anything else that we haven't covered? I mean, I know there's so much. Uh, yeah, covered. there's <laughs> like, yeah, is there anything stuff. else you really wanted to talk about before? Um, we end? I How should say that? I am not filthy Phil. I don't know. I'm uh, so sorry. I, I, we used to have such great, like people that would watch the show and great conversations. And now they've been lately, like a little out of whack. <laughs> so don't worry. Um, yeah, I, I mean, if there's any other questions, I'd, I'd be happy. There's so many things we could talk about with ads that, and it can be yeah. complicated too, especially, that's why I've kind of moved to doing more video stuff just because it's a little more conducive to, I guess, teaching um, some of the more complicated aspects of it. Because there is a lot, but that's, I don't think anybody should get overwhelmed with how much there is to know. Um but just to get started, they do. Yeah. Amazon does a good job of just making it easy um, to have effective ads just through their automatic targeting. So um, I would say that's my advice. Just get started and collect enough data. Don't turn off your stuff after 15 clicks uh, and no sales. Yeah. Like, that's not enough. Um, so that that'd be my other two cents. Yes. Um, oh, man. I, well, I have to definitely go back and rewatch this. Um, let's see. Thing. Thank you, Patty. Good to see you. Um, oh, sorry. Um, you. So <laughs> you have to have, but I think now you can. Um, if you have, I think that's a little crazy. I think you're Can you guys still yeah, hear me? Uh, it sounds okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds good now. You broke up for a little bit. Okay, sorry. Um, Patty, if you are on your oh, Amber's saying thanks, guys. Hi, Amber. So good to see you. Um, Patty, if you are on your merch account, if you see it a tab that says advertise, then you have it. But I. I'm not sure. I know I have it on my account, but I'm not sure if it's rolled out to everyone or not. I don't. I don't think so at this time. Um, they're still doing the rollout. Not everybody has access yet. To okay. It, but I mean, it seems that they're making progress. They're obviously um, pushing towards that. Um, it's something we're pushing. We have a, a partnership with Am- the Amazon advertising team, and something we're pushing for as well. We obviously want to have. It benefits us to be, you know, have more people that have access to Amazon ads. Um, the more we benefit. So we're pushing for that as well. Yeah. Well, I hope you get it soon, Patty, if you don't have it. Um, but uh, this has been amazing. 
we could probably learn Facebook ads from Cameron if you end up not getting Amazon ads. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've been ads. out of the game on that for a little while, so I don't know how much is different, but probably more yeah. expensive now if I had to guess than it used to yeah. be. Yeah, if, if anybody wants to do Facebook ads, I would definitely recommend doing Shine On. Have you ever tried Shine On? It's jewelry instead I've of t-shirts. I've heard of it, yeah, it's, it's be cool for sure. Because then probably you have a much higher margin. Much higher margin, so it works yeah. better with Facebook ads. Yeah. So. All right. Well, I think that that wraps it up. But guys, right. there's so much more to learn. So definitely make sure you join um, Cameron's Facebook group and make sure to ask any questions in the comments or on the YouTube video. And we'll, we'll get back to you. Um, I feel like there was so much more. Maybe we'll just do a part two at some point. There was so much yeah. more, but it was just we ran out of time. So that's our somewhere. So <laughs> exactly. This is part one. Yeah. We'll, we'll so. ease everybody into it. You guys will be spending thousands of dollars on ads before you know it. Yes. Cause you'll be making thousands of dollars. Right. Off. That's right. <laughs> Tens of thousands. So, all right. Well, thank you, Cameron. Thank you everyone. And yeah, we'll see you next time. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks so much.